Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 22, 2016. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book, and we will begin reading on page 45 on the last paragraph where it says, we know how he feels. Two paragraphs ending fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Charlie G., 12 Traditions, Nadia B., and our readers of the text will be Martha Z., Lisa H., and Sarah W. The reference number for Monday, March 21st is 2016. The first day of spring is 8586. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Charlie G. to read the 12 steps. Charlie? Good morning, Sally. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, friends. I'm a uh, recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Alberta, Canada. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Charlie. I will now ask Nadia B. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Nadia B., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for way membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or away as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought to never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Waiters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS such are never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Waiters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name are never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our publicly relate. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all this tradition, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Nadia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 45 at the bottom of the page, the last paragraph where it says, we know how he feels. We will read two paragraphs and end with fully define or comprehend that power which is God. The first paragraph is for context only. Please focus all comments 
on the second paragraph read, which is the first paragraph on page 46. I will now ask Martha Z to begin reading. Good morning, Sally. Can you hear me? I sure can. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Martha Z. I am a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We look discounts at many individuals who claim to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night. Who then made all this? There was a fleeting there was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power which is God. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, It starts out by saying how we need to lay aside prejudice. And last week we were talking about prejudice being old ideas and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves. We commence to get results. So what it's telling us is all that's needed is willingness. And then it says it's impossible to fully comprehend this power and I, I like the way someone said last week, if we could comprehend it, then, you know, then our our concept isn't big enough. And so um, I like to think about the principle for step two is hope. And I I have to say that as much as I struggled in my early years in OA, uh, the first, OA gave me hope. It, it's the one thing that I always had, and, and, and that was a beautiful thing. I think the most important thing with step two is is to be open minded. It's just it's just kind of agreeing that I need a power that's greater than myself. Obviously, I mean I've not been able to solve this thing by myself. So it's more about my need for a higher power than having to define it. And um, then it says, I, 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 what I was going to say is I I liked the way um, on the Sunday special how John was talking about the only faith that you need is faith in this process. And we see we see people recovering all the time. And so something is happening, you know, and, and, and these people tell us that, you know, that they've got this faith in a higher power and that, that and that they they got freedom with that answer. So in my own particular case, um I I believed that there was a God. I did not have a real faith. I, I tease about being agnostic as to application. I I really didn't think about it a lot. I, I kind of feel ashamed to say that, but I was very young, and I, I didn't think about it a lot. 
So, and, and I, I lived next door to the church, and, and it was a social thing, you know, and I knew that the kids would come over and roll me out of bed if I didn't, if I didn't come to church. So I guess the way I got here to my faith in OA and my faith in this process is that I started acting as if I had one thing that was, you know, I, I think what I really saw was if, if this power could help me with my food, which he did, that I believed that he could help me with anything else. So I began to see other areas in my life where I was agnostic and I wasn't relying on him. And my older daughter was very challenging and difficult problems with depression. And I had so much, I had so much fear. I was so afraid something terrible was going to happen to her. And I didn't, it wasn't that I thought I could take better care of her than God, but it was more that I was too afraid to let go. I thought something terrible was going to happen. So I started out by saying to God, you know, I lovingly leave her in your hands. I trust you to take good care of her. I trust you with her life. And I started to see, looking back, that he was doing a much better job than I could ever do taking care of her. So fast forward, that was many years ago. You know, I'm I'm afraid for her now. She's engaged to somebody I I really have so many red flags about, and I'm really scared. So I'm saying to myself, how would I act if I really believed, if I really believed, if I had a guarantee that everything would be okay, how would I act? So that's what I'm trying to do. And I don't think it's fake it till you make it. I think that faith is about believing when you don't know, when you can't see. So I'm stepping out in faith, and I'm, I'm leaving it in God's hands, and I'm, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to try each time that the fear comes up to to trust that he's going to take care of it. So anyway, I'm um, grateful to be able to do this service and, and very happy to be with all of you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Martha Z. Who else would like to share on this paragraph on page 46? This is Bella. Can I share? Okay, I heard Nessa, I heard Bella, I heard somebody else in there. Kim J. Hi, Kim. Okay, got you. Anyone else? Renata. Renata, and who else? Janice B. Janice B. I heard somebody before Vasa, after Janice. Elaine B. Elaine, hi. Good morning, Elaine B. Okay, I've got Nessa, Bella, Kim G., Renata, Janice B, Elaine B, Vasa O. Was there anyone else? Just the page of the reading. Uh, the page we're, we're going to be sharing on page 46, the first full paragraph, beginning, yes, we have agnostic temperament. Okay, Nessa. And Bella, you'll be next. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Nessa R. I'm covered um, compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada, and I want to corroborate the idea of open-mindedness because the whole premise of recovery is a personality change, and a personality change is fundamentally uh, a change in the way we think because when we change the way we think, we change the way we feel, the way we speak, and the way we act, and the people repeatedly talks about this idea of, of changing the way we think here. It talks about uh, lay aside prejudice. In page 27, it says, uh, uh, ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding force of this, the life of this man are suddenly cast to one side. Page um, 
42 says, um, I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. Page 58 um, says, um, some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. So here it's talking specifically about our ideas about God. Uh, but it, 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 I think there's somebody unmuted who has a lot of noise on the line and it's quite distracting. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Nessa. Um, please, if you're not speaking, if you're not Nessa, please be sure that your line is muted, star one, to mute yourself. Even if you're waiting in the wings to speak, please mute yourself. Nessa, go ahead. Would you like to finish? Thank you. Yes, please. Um, so here when we talk about lay aside prejudice, it's talking specifically about God, but it's, it's really about everything we know about, you know, about the food, about the fact that, oh, if only I was thin, I'd be happy, or I should be able to control my food, or if people did what I wanted and they behave in the correct ways, according to me, then I wouldn't be so stressed out. I wouldn't have to eat. Um, you know, it, it's open-mindedness to allow the process to work itself through us so that um, we can change the way we think, uh, to move away from selfishness and self-centeredness into, into God-centeredness. And with this, uh, for this, we need, we need the open-mindedness that was spoken about before uh, and that is spoken about so much in the, in the book, uh, that we can have a transformation. And that transformation is going to pay off big time uh, and translate into recovery. That, that certainly has been my, my experience. You know, once I abandon myself to the process and, and practice these principles in all my affairs, living in steps 10, 11, and 12 every single day, you know, without procrastinating, without postponing, without skipping, um, the way I think changed and the way I behave changed. And, you know, as a result, my life changed entirely, even though my circumstances have changed but little. And, and that is the gift of this program, you know, uh, be open-minded, lay aside prejudice in all areas, and wonderful things will come to happen. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Nessa R. Bella, it's your turn, and Kim G, you'll be up next. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Sally, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. And express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves. Yes, I remember when I came to the program, yes, you know, I believed in God, but I didn't believe that God and my overweight is connected. You know, God is over there very far away from me. But, you know, as I continue to come, and I really saw people that they lost weight, but not this what was so important. I really saw that they changed. They changed personality. They changed attitude. They, they, they changed all their point of view towards life and not only in food, in, in general. And I, you know, I said, okay, I, I am willing to put aside all my beliefs towards God and I am willing, you know, to continue to come and to learn 
more about this idea. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am so thankful that I stayed in the program. And as I was learning the 12 steps, and now that I am living the 12 steps, and, you know, I really changed my life. My life changed not only in, in, in food, not only in eating. It's in all areas in my life. And today, thank you, God. You know, yes, today I know that I choose to be connected to a higher power that I call him God. It's a power that loves me, accepts me, respects me. And yes, I have still more, le- more things to learn and to do better one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Bella. Kim G, it's your turn, and Renata, you'll be up next. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey. We have agnostic temperament. I just want to talk about that because I, I tell you, I didn't need to read this chapter because I've had 12 years of religious school, so obviously the chapter We Agnostics was not relevant to me, and that's what I thought. So what does it mean to have agnostic temperament? You know, I looked up the word temperament in the, in the dictionary. It says a combination of mental, physical, and emotional traits of a person. So I think of it as what's my agnostic temperament? What's my approach to having a power in my life? You know, what's my personality that way? And what I realized was that my words said I was someone who believed in a power, but my actions were one of who did not because I was totally self-reliant. I was totally thinking that I had to push my way through the world. So what is going to open me up? What is going to change this agnostic temperament of mine? Well, my belief in my powerlessness in step one is going to allow me to seek a power in step two, and that's all that step two is. So what am I looking at in this chapter? I'm not looking really at a belief in a God. What I'm looking at is what are my prejudices? What are those things that are going to block me from the idea that I need a power? So for me personally, I had to look at what did I think OA was? You know, I had been in OA for decades, and my personal thing was I believed that OA was simply tools and a food plan. You know, so what about this 12-step program that I joined that I was never doing 12 steps for? I had to look at what does the 12 steps mean? You know, I had, I had very confused beliefs about what step three was specifically, well, even what step one, I, step one, step two, I had to look at what my prejudices around that. What were my prejudices around God and religion? What were my prejudices about spirituality? Because they're telling me I don't need a religious experience. I need a spiritual experience. What are my prejudices with that? I had to look at my self-reliance. Because me saying I'm not going to turn my life over to a power greater than myself, I had to realize I worshipped my self-reliance. And what was that getting me? What was that prejudice creating in my life? And the big thing I had to look at, which I looked at prior, was what is a compulsive overeater? You know, my belief was that food and weight was my problem. And as long as I believe that, then, of course, the, re- the resolution of food and weight is a food plan and getting thin. That's happened many times in my life. That did not solve my problem. So I just think that agnostic temperament, what are we looking at in this chapter? This is not a chapter about God. This is a chapter about we've been convinced prior that we are powerless. And we're now looking at our prejudices. And are we convinced at this point, are we going to come to that conclusion that we need a power? And as soon as that conclusion is met, we move on to step three. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kim G. And Renata, it's your turn. And Janice B., you're up next. Thank you, Sally, for your service. This is Renata G., recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Brazil today. Good morning, family. And I want to speak to the idea of surrendering and really letting go of some old ideas. You know, it said on the first paragraph, we were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. And, uh, you know, and then in the second paragraph says, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend this power, which is God. And, you know, I had to let go of this idea that I could control and manage my life and my food and everything else. And, uh, you know, throughout this book, like what they show to me over and over and over is that there's a lot of power in surrendering. You know, I had to let go of some old ideas about my higher power. And, um, you know, I didn't have to like, you know, many others have shared before me, define or really comprehend this power. I just had to admit that the way I was trying to run the show, including, you know, controlling my food, was not working. And so, you know, just to surrender to the idea that whatever power out there that, you know, was not human and it was bigger than me could help me it made me think of page, you know, 14 in Bill's story where he says on the second paragraph, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. But the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. And so, you know, again, like I'm confronted with these steps and my way is not working. And it was the same for me. The moment I fully accept them, the moment I become open-minded, then, you know, the effect was electric, like there was no turning back. And so that's what these two paragraphs showed to me today, you know, just surrender, like admit that whatever I was doing was not working and become open-minded to let go of some old ideas and embrace just a new idea that there's a power out there, you know, the power of the steps even that can be better in my life than whatever I was trying to do. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Janice B. and Elaine, you'll be up next. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive reader in Vermont. Oh, okay. So, um, step one, I'm powerless. Step two, the principle is is hope. I believe it's hope. For me, it was hope. Um, And um, uh, so came to believe, you know, I I got stuck on on that word came. It's the past tense. And I thought that I had to, um, I had to have this, this solid belief that I saw um, other people having, and um, I couldn't get that belief. I didn't. I didn't have it, and so I thought. Um, so I'm. I'm a perfectionist. You know, I. I 
see, I always see the problem instead of seeing the um, what's right. So I, I'm learning to not focus on what I don't have, but focus on what I, I do have and and want. And um, so, um, and and then I I was I got the message that um, that. You know, you can't. How can you fully understand um, what a higher power is? You know, how can you really know? No, nobody knows exactly what. It, it, it's hard to understand higher power. So I was always trying to understand and know. And the thing is, I just, you know, it's like just fall into it. I cannot, I don't have the power and lift and take the steps and listen to my sponsor and um, and have an experience of, um, of your higher power. And that's, and that's how I'm learning to have a relationship with, with my higher power by Taking actions, trusting, and um, and just walking in in faith and trust. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Elaine B., it's your turn, and Vasa O., you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally, for your service. I appreciate you giving a heads up for the next speaker. That's great. <laughs> um, this is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. And you know what? Uh, I I I thank a power greater than myself that I could never fully define or comprehend that I'm in this room today because the longer I stay, the more work I do, the more uh, is removed that blocks me from this power greater than myself um, and the more I get a fuller understanding of this incomprehensible uh all expanding, um, amazing relationship, really, relationship with a power greater than myself. Uh, when I came into OA just after getting engaged, um, I had had an amazing, very powerful, life changing experience many years before that, where in one day, one eight hour battle of wills with God, I, I, I got up and I had recently surrendered like two weeks before cigarettes and I surrendered, you know, alcohol, sleeping around drugs and uh, rock and roll music as as a, or well, punk rock music actually is a lifestyle. And I walked away, I got up, I became a different person and I started, I continued on a spiritual journey. I had already begun, but I, I also just went into the food, you know, the food filled up all those, all those places and spaces because I did not have a, a, an effective plan for how to manage my life. My life was still unmanageable. Even though I was in the rooms of OA, I was learning the tools, I got on a food plan, I had a sponsor who got me got me through everything, the wedding, the the um anniversary, the all all the ways that I could eat when I had to eat at all these different situations, work situations, how to, you know, get on a food plan and stay on a food plan. Those experiences are invaluable. They're essential foundation for me to do step 1A. But there's step 1B, my life is unmanageable, and all the other 11 steps after that. 
And um, even though when I came into the rooms, I thought, you know, I've got a relationship with God. You guys can't teach me anything about that. I heard for the very first time in my experience, I get on my knees every morning. I ask God for help. I get on my knees every night, and I say thank you. That was an aspect of a relationship I had never experienced before, and I'm really, really grateful that I hear it because that that cracked open the door a little bit and said, maybe you guys have something to teach me. Maybe there's a little bit more. And as I journeyed further on down the line and and ended up creeping back into the food and gaining weight and the powerlessness of it, um, I really I really needed to um, realize that I I didn't fully define or comprehend the power which was myself. And I just want to refer back to page 568, the end of the spiritual experience. It says, there's a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation, Herbert Spencer. So I just encourage everybody who's got some contempt, (laughs) some hesitation, just to try to be open-minded, because this can change your life. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. And Vasa O, it's your turn. Thank you, Sally. Good morning, Vasa. This is Vasa. We have a compulsive reader calling from Florida, and good morning, and thank you for your service, Sally. And before coming to program, I lived in step one, in step one for many, many, many years. And, yeah, I, it, I was doing step two differently than, than coming in the program, I was always trying to use um, my own willpower, how to get the food under control, or always looking outside for people, what they were doing, and I'd be copying their diets, and, you know, and again, nothing, nothing worked till I was ready, ready to come to program. And, and I was thought to put, the, put aside the prejudice, prejudice and old ideas and just go in the program with an open mind and willingness to start eating. And I was ready and I was willing to do that. And I'm, I am grateful that my first two meetings were not in a church basement. I projected my childhood God as a fearful, punishing uh, God. And um, I needed uh, to find how greater than myself, which in those years, today I call it God, but in those years was almost comforting that they called it a higher power because uh, I was afraid of God. And, um, you know, as I became closer to God, you know, to my higher power, I'm okay to say God today, and I'm grateful that I can do that. Um, And as I said, I was ready and willing to say yes, I'm ready to accept this higher power because uh, I need to put this food down and I cannot do it by myself. I needed to find a power greater than myself and I was ready and humble to get on my knees and to surrender with God and that's when my relationship started with uh, God and uh, I I remember feeling in those days, if I continue doing what I'm doing, I'm just going to die, so I have nothing to lose. And I'm, so I had to go against my fear. I was terrified to do that. You know, I didn't know what this God was going to do to me, you know. And I, I know we're not on step three, but I came to, stretch, to I was at step three already 
because step one and two I had done, and I needed to find a power greater than I, myself. And I did what I was told to do, and I was willing, and I did find a higher power, that connection, the minute I surrendered to God. And I've been using that power. It, it, at the beginning, it was with the food, and then gradually I started using that power every areas of my life, uh, not just with the food, because I trust and I could, uh, I believe that God was helping me with the food. And again, I could have never done that with coming without coming to OA and the 12 steps. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Monica. Hey, this is Rochelle in Maryland. I can share. Reba P. Rochelle, Reba P. Okay, Monica, and then Rochelle, and then Reva P. Go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are in the chapter, We Agnostics, and they're telling us here, let us make haste to reassure you. They're trying to give us some reassurance here. All right, so you got issues with this God thing. Oh, my gosh. Make the hair stand up on your neck here. We're tell, you know, we're using the word God. We use whatever word you feel comfortable with. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, as soon as I was able to lay aside my old ideas and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than myself, I commenced to get results. We commenced. So, all right, so you're having lots of issues here with the God thing. You know, step one, I'm screwed. I'm in the corner. I'm screwed. I can't do anything right. And I don't do anything that I want to do right. And I, and I keep doing the things I don't want to do. So I'm, I need some help here, you know. And so the, they're telling us in step two that there, there, is, there is a power. And the recovered people are telling us that. So for me, it was easier here with asking this question. Are you, Monica, are you ready at this point to express even a willingness in the possibility of a power greater than you? That I could say yes to. And the minute you are able to say yes, we commence to get results. That is their experience. That was my experience. So the, and the other thing I wanted to point out here that I see here, I see the wording from where you hear many of us talk about a set-aside prayer. And I see that wording starting here, uh, the, the basis of it. We found as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, as soon as I was able to set aside some of my old ideas and allow some new ideas to come in, I commenced to get results. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Rochelle, it's your turn. Reba, you'll be up next. Good morning. This is Rochelle from Maryland. Can you hear me okay? I can. Oh, great. Okay, so good morning, Sally. Thank you for your service. Um, One of the things that helped me in my understanding of God was, I don't know if you call this a makeover, but um, when one of my children was um, going to have her first baby. I trained to be a doula, and I offered to help her. So I was in the labor room with her and the delivery room when she had her baby. And I remember when I held that baby for the very first time in my arms, how I felt 
towards that baby, exceedingly connected, even though I didn't know her personality. I didn't know what she was going to do in life. I didn't know if she was going to like her or dislike her. But the sense of connection was so amazing. Holding her, that new baby, in my arms, I felt this magnetism towards this baby, like, oh, my goodness, this force between the two of us. And I just loved that baby immediately. And it struck me later that this must be how God, my higher power, feels about me, that he holds me in his arms and he loves me exceedingly and he doesn't let me go. And I don't know if that helps anybody else, but it certainly helps me pass. Thank you, Rochelle. And Reva P., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, um, I love the sharing so far, and uh, what I wanted to add was, for me, um, at this point in my program, this um, coming to believe in a power greater than myself has become extremely practical, because I've seen people in the meetings who claim to be very spiritual, um, but I need to connect the spiritual concept with very practical day-to-day things. Um, It's not just about meditating um, for X amount of minutes and saying I'm a spiritual person. It, It has to be very practical. So for me, step one is about saying I'm licked. I don't know how to do this. And it was quite easy to do that with the food because it was so obvious. It was so huge and right in my face. Um, So it was easy to say, I don't know how to do this. I need help. You know, there's a program, there's a process, there's a power greater than myself. But in abstinence, um, after years of being in this program, I think the more subtle and, you know, lifetime work is about my thinking in other, all areas of my life. I think I know or I think I'm supposed to know and I'm supposed to fix things, um, people, places, and things. And for me, the step two is about saying, maybe there's an answer that I don't know. Maybe there's another way. Maybe there's another solution. So when it comes to, you know, what to do about my mother, my children, work, um, to open my mind just a crack and ask, maybe there's another way, um, and then wait. Um, And that's what's been amazing because I don't like waiting. I don't like not knowing. But when I do uh, wait for an answer from a power that I'm not supposed to comprehend, um, because I only see options A and B, and God has, you know, five other options that I never even in my wildest dreams considered. The last thing I wanted to share is I started to get results. Now, what are the results um, that I want? I don't want just a thin body with a crazy lunatic Riva um, self-will run riot, driving everybody else crazy. I want results of abstinence physically but it's that personality change where I'm not only at ease in my skin but I am dealing with life circumstances um, with a peace um, with a serenity in spite of all calamity externally um, 
and like other power of examples, being able to be happy, happy, joyous, and free, those are such deeper results than, you know, abstinence only. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. And why don't we go ahead and go forward. Lisa, would you please read for us page 46, the last paragraph, where it says, much to our relief. Thank you, Sally. Um, Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa. Lisa, can you you raise your volume or speak louder for us? Yep. Thank you, Sally. Is that better? Yes, that's much better. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Um, uh, Again, Lisa, grateful, compulsive overeater, recovered um, just for today from Tennessee. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed by a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open to, we believe, to all men. Um, Thank you again. I'm so glad to be here. This is, to me, step two is um, such um, a powerful step. It seems to be the turning point, at least for me, um, to moving forward. you know, I heard a lot of people talk about growing up with an angry, punishing God. That was the kind of God that I grew up with. Um, and one of the things that I love about this paragraph is that it defines God in a different way, as a creative intelligence, as a spirit of the universe, and the realm of the spirit. Um, to me, that is all-encompassing. That is way, way bigger than I can ever conceive of. Um, I also like the idea I've often said to people, you know, make a list of the qualities of, you know, what your higher power should be. And oftentimes people come back with all-inclusive, never exclusive. And we live in a, a society um, that, that a lot of people feel very excluded. Um, The other thing that stands out for me in this paragraph, two other things, is we. It talks about we, and I love the fact that this is a we program, that we are um, supporting each other, um, helping each other to put the food down, um, pick up this uh, spiritual toolkit, um, and to seek. The other other thing is is that the word seek is used twice here. and that's what I that's what I had to do. Once I once my mind was cleared um, from the food, I had to really seek. I, I had to seek out um, seek out other people in this program, seek out what other people said about their higher power, um, about the spirit of the universe, because my definition, my concept of God was so small, and this just says that 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 our concept of God can be so big. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. 
Thanks for sharing, Lisa H. And um, please be assured we'll read we'll revisit this paragraph tomorrow. But do I have uh, two, perhaps two people who'd like to share on this this morning? We have time. Chelsea for H. Chelsea, I I heard Paula. And we might have time for a third person. Is there was there a third person? Melissa C. Melissa, okay. Chelsea, go ahead. Thanks, Allie, and thanks for your service. Chelsea H., I'm a recovered compulsive eater just for today. And I want to share on these conditional promises that are um, here for me in step two, as long as I'm willing to continue with the rest of the work and to stop trying to run everybody else's life and pay attention to where I'm at in the work. Much to my relief, it was to discover that I did not have to have anybody else's conception of God. And I'm grateful for that because I am an agnostic. I remain an agnostic. I do not know. I don't have a clue. But what I have learned is that I do need to have a relationship with power greater than myself. Self-reliance fails me as an agnostic. All my different beliefs or non-beliefs have absolutely nothing to do with it. And another thing that this really points to me to understand is that as somebody who works with others, I need to be spiritually flexible. I can't bring my agnosticism into my work, and I don't. I also do not tell people how they should find this um, experience with this part of the work. As somebody who's agnostic, and if you're working with me, and statistics show now that this whole country is becoming much more um, under the category of none when it comes to religion, I need to be able to go through this work without having the apprehensiveness that somebody's telling me what to do. Telling an agnostic to get on their knees and pray means absolutely nothing. But it says here the promise is that if I do this work, I can begin to feel some type of a, a relief. I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea, but it says that I'll have to seek it. I will have to seek it, not a sponsor, not another fellow. I will have to become a seeker of the spirit of the universe, whatever that shakes out to be for me. But it's broad and roomy. This is broad and roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding, if I earnestly seek. So the question that I ask myself today, and I continue to, I'm finite. I have to have a relationship with the mystery that's infinite. So as long as I continue with the rest of the work, the person standing in front of me has experienced it, that's walking me through the process. If I do what they did and follow that path and have my own experience, I too can recover. That's the promise as long as I do the work. So if anybody's out there and they're of agnostic, atheist, or any of the other secular, this program works for us too, and all you have to do is follow along and just know that it will work if you continue with the rest of the work. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Chels. And Paula D., it's your turn. And thank you. Well, to start with gratitude, thank you, Sally, for the service you do. And this is Paula D., uh, recovered by and with the grace of God. You know, as we look at these paragraphs, and I'm going to zero in, and much to our relief, loving that. But before I do that, before we come to that part, the prejudice had to be laid aside. That's what cleared the path. That was what it was in the way. And what took the place of the prejudice, what I saw on the road, was the willingness. And as we come here and we come to relief, we discovered, we discovered we did not need, I thought I needed 
to consider somebody else's, anybody else's conception of God. But then it comes along, it comes along as I did, our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient. I didn't have that. That little was enough. I thought it had to be great. But no, just the opposite was sufficient to make the approach and to affect. Now, this is the word. This is the word. Contact. Contact. With him, that was it. Once contact was made, then I could go on. And there it is. It says what? We began to be possessed by a new sense of power and direction. I don't have to add my own words. I don't have to put any flourish on them. They are beautiful and they are direct. Power and direction, provided we took the simple steps. And simple they were. I tried to complicate that. That was the ego. Once the ego was replaced, and it needs to be daily, we found that God does not make too hard terms. I did for those who seek him, and that I did too. And it ends with, and I love this ending, because this is an ending that includes all. How dare I exclude? God didn't. My ego in place again. Broad and roomy, all-inclusive. Never. I like that word, exclusive or forbidding. No, to those who seek him. It is open. It's not closed. The door is open. We believe to all men. And I thank you for allowing me to repeat the words that were said. And thank you again. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And Melissa, you just have two minutes. I hope that you can be brief. And please take us home. Sure. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa Sierra Covered. Compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I just, I love the wording here. This is, like, probably my favorite, my favorite part of the book because um, it's all-inclusive, never exclusive. It's broad. It's roomy. Just even the word spirit of the universe for someone who had prejudice against God, that actual three-letter word, um, just to have another name for it. I just... You know, it just really opened up the door for me. And and, and that um, is indefinable, and that's exactly as it's meant to be for me today because it evolves and grows and changes with me as I evolve and grow. And um, thank you. I'll, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa. And thank you to everyone who has shared. I would like to invite you to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Sarah W. Sarah, would you please read for us a vision for you, beginning with, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you for your service, Sally. Sarah W., very grateful, compulsive overreader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is with him. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. 
Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you.